Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. It's hard to believe that med school is actually starting this week. I think the students are doing orientation. I can't wait to get back on campus again and see everyone face to face. I hope you guys are all doing well and excited for what the future holds. I've got Christian with me again today, all the way from Austin, Texas. He's so kind to give me some of his time, but as we've been fellowshipping, I think he's just as excited about today's reading as I am. I want to start today's message a little differently than I usually do. Instead of giving a recap, I actually want to set the stage by going over a particular portion in the book of Matthew chapter 23. This was the Lord's rebuke to the Pharisees. Now remember, the Pharisees were the religious leaders at that time. They would be considered today's pastors and elders of the church. They were the ones that were supposed to know the most about Messiah, and the Lord had this to say to them. Now, the Lord is pretty harsh in his critique of them in Matthew 23, but I want to focus on verses 25 through 28. This is 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Gracious! The world portrays Jesus as some type of peace-loving hippie, but if you read the Bible, you realize he's not that at all. He's actually the only one that is faithful to speak God's truth wholly. He's the great physician, and in this case, his diagnosis is this. You deal with the symptoms. You clean the outside, but the main problem is inside. You fix the outward behavior to make yourself look so good, but inwardly, you're actually full of death and uncleanness. Wow, now you might wonder what does this have to do with Romans 6? Well, I guess we will just have to find out together. Christian, you have anything you want to add before we start? Yeah, I think that's really important. I think a lot of Christians can get trapped into just trying to not sin, trying not to commit sins. And that's like, that's like just dealing with the outward symptoms, right? Maybe you're treating the symptoms, but at the root, at our core, there's, there's something wrong in our nature, actually, right? We talked about, I think last time, about this problem we all have. We have the sin nature because Adam had taken it in when he ate of that fruit, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the, in the garden of Eden, he took in the satanic element and that produced 
among many things, I produced uh, sin, which issued in death and a curse that all men have today. You know, through, through I think it's said in Romans 5, like through one man's transgression, you know, all come into this kind of situation. So anyway, that I, I appreciate Paul's kind of exposition of this in these chapters and looking forward to getting a little more into uh, how Paul talks about dealing with our sin nature here. Yes, Christian. Let me read that verse that you just mentioned. This is Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And I like how you brought up this verse because this is the key diagnosis. The main problem with mankind wasn't so much all the evil they were doing as mentioned by Paul in Romans 1. Don't get me wrong. Those outward actions are a huge problem. But the key problem boils down to two things, the sin nature and death. That's the source of all the sinful behavior. And it all started when Adam ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, thank the Lord that God also doesn't just deal with the outward symptoms. He wants to go to the root of the problem as well. His blood that he shed on Calvary does wash away our sins. Praise God. But let's read a few of these verses for today to see how he deals with our sin nature and death as well. This is Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. We were buried together with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now many times when I read what the Lord did on the earth in the four gospels, I'm always so appreciative of his sacrifice for me, for us. But I always had this concept that that was what the Lord went through, and I have no part in that. Like, yes, he died on the cross. Yes, he resurrected and ascended. And that was all awesome because he had to do that for us to be saved. But other than for my salvation, I don't have much to do with that process. Well, here in Romans 6, Paul explicitly puts us with him into his death and also unites us with him in resurrection, almost reminding us that the things that Christ went through weren't just historical events or just actions to redeem us back to God. Rather, this is something that we have to go through with him. Looks like you want to share something about this, Christian. I mean, Paul starts talking about baptized into Christ. We've been uh, with him through his baptism. You know, we have grown together with him. You know, there's all this like with the Lord and in the Lord, into the Lord. Uh, and that reminds me of John chapter 15, where the Lord himself, he says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And it just shows this kind of organic relationship that we have with the Lord. You mentioned the Lord, he, he did die and he did resurrect. Those were actual events. But these became like ingredients in his being, the death of Christ and his resurrection and since we've believed into Christ, we've been baptized into Christ, these elements are now, 
I don't know, accessible to us. They're, they're, they're able to flow into us because we have this organic union with Christ. Yes, I love that word you use, Christian, organic union. And I think the picture in John 15 is an awesome one. Another word that I encountered a lot when I was reading some commentary on this section was this word identification. When the Lord was crucified, he died for our sins. His blood paid our debt. But another thing his crucifixion did was he crucified our old man. He crucified our sin nature. But afterwards, something amazing happens. Something miraculous, you could say, is released when our old self, our sin nature, is crucified. Let me read Romans 6, 6, 8, and 11. Romans 6, 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. 8. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. In verse 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We asked in the beginning, how does God treat our sin nature? He diagnosed a problem. What's the treatment? Well, the treatment is death and resurrection. I want to stay here for a second because, again, Christ's death and resurrection is not meant to be something apart from us, but something that God expects us to also experience. I know you wanted to say something about this, Christian, so I'm going to let you have the floor. Yeah, uh, just really quick before I. I talk about that. Uh, you reminded me talking about this union with the Lord and in our Christian lives. We, we might, we, I, I had a conversation with a friend earlier today, you know, and to him and to me, we realized growing up as believers, many times it was just a, a lot of don't do this, do that, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. And you know, until we get to the point where we start to have an actual relationship with a living person, do you think, does anything make sense? Otherwise, the Christian life is just feels so impossible. And it is actually, it is impossible, right? But I think even getting into Romans, we're beginning to see like how important it is to, to see the real situation, the reality of our salvation is that we've been connected to Christ. We've entered into this organic union, this union in life with this living person. And, and that's the way to have a, or to live the Christian life. Now, speaking about sin and death, back in Romans 5.12, we read that Adam, through Adam, sin entered. And then because of sin, uh, death entered. And I just want to mention a definition of these two things I really like from some uh, Christian expositors. The law of sin in us, it kind of it, it energizes us to do the things we're not supposed to do. And then the law of death, the death in Adam, it, it weakens us or even deadens us to do the things that we should be doing. And these two things are operating in, our, in us, and we'll see in Romans 7 that specifically it's operating in our flesh all the time. We have these two operations, sin and death. It, it's energizing us to do what we're not supposed to do, and it's weakening us to do the things that we're supposed to be doing. 
And then there's a twofold solution, though, in Romans 6, in those verses we just read, um, where it says, For to, if we have grown together with him in the likeness of his death, indeed, we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So, you know, after we've been baptized, and we've been joined to Christ. Now there's these two elements that, that Christ experienced his, his death and his resurrection, right? So, so in us, we've got, there's the death in Adam. But there's also the death in Christ. That's very interesting. Like what's going on here? And I was really uh, impressed seeing, well, actually the death in Christ it is a solution to our problem of our sin nature that came about through Adam, right? We talked before, it's not just the sins we're committing, but our sin nature. And how do you deal with that? The way God dealt with that? Termination, right? Just completely killed, crucified. And so that's the response, the solution to our sin, our sin nature, and then the solution to our death in Adam, where we're just so weak to do anything, it's the resurrection life of Christ, right? This, this resurrection life, what is resurrection? It's life that overcomes death. Actually, literally, resurrection in Greek is anastasis. It means to stand up. Ana meaning up and stasis means to stand. So that's a, a twofold solution to our uh, twofold problem, once being being ones born naturally in our in, into Adam, but once being reborn into Christ, uh, joined to Christ in a in a living organic union. Amazing, Christian. I think from these verses, you realize that God's way of dealing with our sins is not that we try harder or we have a better mental outlook, but rather God deals with our sin nature. He deals with the root of the problem by Christ's death. You can think of Christ's death almost like a gate. It catches everything. It filters out everything. Nothing can pass through that is of sin, of the old creation. Actually, based on principle, the only thing that can pass through death is resurrection, which is the other part of how he saves us. Let me read Romans 6, 8 again. Now, if we have died with Christ... We believe that we will also live with Him. Everything of God is resurrection life. Everything of God can pass through death. When we identify with Him in His death and resurrection, anything that doesn't match Him will be shed off, and only that which is of God can pass through. Hallelujah! I think if we can see this point today, that not only has Christ died, we have died with Him. And not only has Christ been raised, but we have been raised with him. It'll be a huge help to our Christian life. Now, we don't have to try so hard. Rather, we can just trust that his death has crucified our sinful flesh. And now we can learn to live in his resurrection. But it is so wonderful that we, being ones who have been joined to Christ, we, just, we have these elements, even if we don't realize it, that are operating as we are enjoying the Lord, as we're fellowshipping with the Lord, as we're with other believers and receiving this divine life into us, there's all these elements that are just, it's like a, it's like, it's a multivitamin. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's just this wonderful, um, uh, all-inclusive 
diet medication that we have. It's, it has the, the death in Christ, which is actually very positive, right? It's, it's taking care of all the negative things. It's terminating. Uh, whether we believe it or not, it's been terminated. Our, our, old, our old man has been crucified with Christ. You know, uh, Paul even makes that claim in Galatians 2.20. And not only have we been crucified with Christ, the, the negative portion that's been crucified, but now we have the resurrection life of Christ empowering us to, to just live properly, to not necessarily to do something amazing, extraordinary or supernatural, but it, it takes resurrection life just to be a proper brother, husband, son, student, wife, sister. I, you fill in the blank. That's what it needs. We actually need resurrection life just to be a proper human being. I like how you said that we need to learn this just to be able to live a normal Christian life. I would say this is the standard. This is a life that God expects us to live. A life that is in his death and his resurrection. You know, often when we mention death, we think of things like, hospitals and ICUs and intubation and and code blues. But you know, in my experience, many times death can come in in multiple situations. When I'm arguing with my spouse, when you're frustrated and stressed in your studies, when you're overwhelmed to the max on your rotations in the hospitals, you just get the sense that yes, it's hard and yes, it's a lot of work. But even more than that, it feels like death is just coming in. I feel so deadened inside, and I know you guys have also had that experience. But guess what? We have something that overcomes death. God has given us resurrection, and this resurrection is not just for the future. This resurrection life actually overcomes all the death in your life right now. Now, you don't have to struggle in yourself in those death situations. Actually, you can overcome all those things because we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful truth for us to experience today. Thanks again for your time this week, Christian. I hope all our listeners are helped with today's message and are encouraged as well. I know it's been a long 18 months with all the death that's been going on, both figuratively and literally in the world. But praise the Lord, we don't have to stay there. We can learn to live in God's resurrection moment by moment. Again, if you guys would like more fellowship, please contact us at Christians at UMMC. We plan on having Bible studies on campus again soon in the next few weeks, Lord willing. May God bless you all this week, and hopefully we will see you all in person soon. Have a great week. Now I share thy human life, Lord, filled with thy humanity. All of thy complete obedience is available to me. One with thee, one with thee, one with thee, one with thee. Day by day I share thy riches, thou art everything to me. One with thee in crucifixion on the cross, I died in thee. I am dead unto the world, Lord, and the world is dead to me.
with thee, one with thee, one with thee, one with thee. Day by day I share thy riches, thou art everything to me. One with thee in resurrection, risen thou to live in thee. With thy life, which is thyself, Lord, now in me, Lord, even me. One with thee, one with thee, one with thee, one with thee. Day by day I share thy riches, thou art everything to me. Ascension in the heavens now with thee. Here a pilgrim and a stranger, my true life is hid in thee. One with thee, one with thee, one with thee, one with thee. Day by day I share thy riches, thou art everything.